0: Uh, doing some uh, meetings with SEGU. Uh, they're on the alumni board for Southwestern Southern God University, and they're also getting a chance to meet uh, their grandkids again, uh, see them, and spend some time with them. So uh, what a great blessing it is for them to be able to do that. Uh, so you guys are stuck with me this morning. So my name is Josh. In case you don't know, I am the youth pastor here at Church of Browergate. Um, so um, I'm used to talking to teenagers that have a short attention span. So We'll be out here in like 15 minutes. I'm just kidding. If I'm honest with you, okay, so I have a confession to make. I thought last service ended at 1030, and I got, it was like 10 o'clock. I was like, man, I feel like I'm done with everything. And, then, uh, and so I was like, I'll just t- talk a little bit longer, whatever. Maybe it was the Lord, okay? We'll just say that's what it was. But um, yeah, I went like 10 minutes over. So I tried to be Pastor Scott and make you guys all like, oh, hey, Pastor Josh is better. He ends on time. And then, and then I ended early, so... There we go. I'll try to go 10 minutes early, or end late. I'll try to go 10 minutes early to make up for it. so. Um, anyways, uh, super excited to speak with you this morning. Uh, it really is a blessing to be able to uh, share what's on my heart with you. I believe that God has uh, spoken to me. Um, and so I'm excited to share that. Um, I also like to take opportunities whenever I'm up here talking in front of you guys to to brag on the students and talk about what's been going on, because some of you guys have no idea what's going on in the youth group. You're like, hey, yeah, there is a youth group, and I know we have a youth pastor, but they're probably just running around breaking the church. So uh, that's not true all the time. Uh, Maybe sometimes, but not all the time. So uh, God's been doing some great stuff uh, with the youth group. Um, We have been uh, having some great services uh, in youth, and God's really been showing up in a big way. Uh, And we've been growing as well. Uh, And we just got back from our fall retreat uh, this last weekend. uh, And it really was an amazing time. Uh, Right, students? (laughs) It was an okay time. Um, I'm just kidding. No, it really was. uh, And and we have been expecting uh, God to do great things. And this is always uh, probably one of the favorite events that, that we go to all year. Uh, we also go to, like, fine arts and youth camp and stuff like that, district events and stuff. And those are amazing. God shows some big ways there, too. Uh, but this is our youth group, and we get to go on a little retreat. And uh, we brought 39 students and five leaders or six leaders, something like that, uh, which I think maybe is the most students that we've ever brought. So uh, we were really praying for this because everything got shut down this summer. They didn't get to go to youth camp. They didn't get to go to fine arts or anything. So this is the first thing that they were able to do. Um, and I think one of the reasons, which kind of goes into what I'm talking about today, one of the reasons why it's always such a great time and God shows up in such a big way is because everybody goes expecting God to show up in a big way. Everybody's so expectant, like, "Hey, we're going to fire retreat. God's going to do some amazing stuff, right?" And then we get there, and God does amazing stuff. Um, and so, um, just some some numbers, if that helps you. Uh, we had uh, the first night. We did a, a kind of a call to salvation, uh, and uh, we probably had about ten or twelve students stand up and get saved, and. Um, afterwards we got we there's a lot of things that happened during it but I kind of like had everybody raise hands on the bus and you know uh, and uh, I asked how many of you guys got healed physically uh, and probably about four students raised their hands and then I asked how many people got healed like mentally or emotionally like from depression or anxiety or something like that and, and I don't know I'm thinking probably somewhere around like 20 25 kids raised their hand um, and uh, it really was a very very awesome time uh, just sitting in the presence of God and expecting him to do great things um, and seeing that happen. And, and just to, to brag a little bit more on that, like uh, one of my, my closest friends, uh, Zach, was our speaker for the retreat, and, and I really appreciate how much he listens to the Holy Spirit and, and is obedient to that. Um, and, and a lot of the stuff that happened, um, you know, a, a good chunk of it was actually students praying for each other. It wasn't me praying for them, it wasn't Zach praying for them. And so, so God is using our students to, to heal each other, to, to encourage each other, and, and the Holy Spirit's really working. Uh, greatly in that and uh, and it really was like some legitimate stuff um, and I mean like when uh, when we called students forward, asked if they were dealing with anything uh, like depression or or anxiety or things like that, um, I mean there were points where where I literally would see just like God moving in their hearts and, and in this place of like hey i 'm still holding on to this and and I need this out of my life and they would go from a, a look of. Um, I'm not sure if this depression has gone to like literally busting out laughing because there's so much joy in the, in the room and, uh, and freedom from that. And, and I'm mean, telling you, just like God did amazing stuff. So God is moving uh, among the students and uh, it, it's really awesome, awesome to see that. So uh, that's my opportunity to kind of share with you kind of what's going on in the youth group. Uh, so things are going good. Uh, so today I want to talk to you about uh, Ephesians and uh, the title of my sermon is uh, United in Christ. And um, I think that um, it's so important as Christians for us to be united in Christ and have the attitude of being united in Christ because, I don't know if you understand this, but there is so much more to your relationship with God, there is so much more that God has for you, there is so much more in the plan that He already has created for you than just salvation, right? Uh, and and salvation in itself is an amazing miracle. It's an amazing thing that is worthy completely of our praise to Him, and, uh, you know, we could worship Him. Uh, We should be able to anyways, right? Um, We could worship Him all the time and forever, even if salvation is the only thing that He does for us, but it's not the only thing that He does for us. He has so much more for us, and He wants to use us to complete his plan, to bring everything together into Christ. And, uh, and so he gave us his Holy Spirit, like Pastor Scott talked about last week. If you guys haven't heard that message, uh, very good teaching about um, the workings of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and all that kind of stuff. If you have any questions about that, uh, you could probably find that on our, our uh, Facebook page or YouTube channel. You can look back on our live streams. Uh, and there's also a podcast uh, that you can listen to. Uh, I encourage you to listen to that if you weren't here last week. Um, but there's a lot more that God has for us than just our salvation. Um, so we're going to be reading through Ephesians, uh, and Ephesians is uh, pretty easy to speak out of because it's just it's so plain. It really is. Uh, it just states what it is. So Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2, we're going to be reading out of both of those a little bit. So I'll just go ahead and get us started right here. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, um, and again, this is a letter that Paul, who was a missionary... Uh, Wrote to the church in Ephesus after he had already been there, and he had been hearing all these great things about this church, and so he wrote it to them as an encouragement uh, and and a blessing of of God's power and all these different kinds of things uh, to this church that really was on fire for God and and, uh, living in Christ. So, uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse three: All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has been blessed or who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Okay, there's the first moment of being united in Christ. Okay, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, right? It's not just, uh, you know, I have this for you, or maybe I'll give you a little bit of this because, you know, you've done the right thing or whatever. That's not what it is. God God intends for us to have every spiritual blessing uh, in the heavenly realms because we are united in Christ. That's the foundation right there, because we are united in Christ. Verse four, even before he made the world... God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes, right? Which I think is amazing because sometimes we have issues that we deal with in our own life, like sins or something like that, or addictions maybe that we had or whatever. And and uh, and sometimes we try to walk this line where it's like, yes, I have a relationship with God, but I'm still struggling with this thing on the end, right? I, I have a relationship with God, but I still like lie more than I should, or like I, I feel like a... a compulsively to do this thing, this nature that's a part of my sinful nature or whatever. And that's not what God intends for us, right? When we receive his salvation and the power that he has for us, he intends for us to live holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to him, himself, through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure, So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out onto us who belong to His dear Son. Onto us who belong to His dear Son. Another moment, united in Christ. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So we're going to get into this a little bit more in the the next couple verses, but but, you know, we were in a place of really needing God, right? We were in a place of, because of our sin, the things that we do, the decisions that we made in our lives, uh, we, just by our very nature, and it's good, we're going to read that later, we're separated from God, right? And the result of that is death, because there's no way that somebody like us, like someone like me, could be in the presence of a God that that, that's that holy, right? And that is not his plan. That wasn't his plan for that to happen. And because of that, right, he gave us life. And it says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. So we're no longer um, responsible for for our sins, and and we are no longer needing of of death because of that, right? He he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding, right? And so so what I'm reading here, and what we're going to continue to read, is that there is so much more uh, to being in a relationship with Christ, like being united with Christ than just our salvation. God wants to give us all kinds of understanding and knowledge, right? And, and here's kind of what that looks like. When you are faced with a situation or when you see somebody dealing with something, maybe you're dealing with something yourself, a type of sin issue, God is trying with that to give you all kinds of understanding and knowledge so that you understand what is actually going on spiritually in your life around you and the things in you and the things in other people so that you can spread truth so that you can spread the good news about what God is doing um, and he wants to give all of this to us in verse 9 God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure and that's something else about this like like, literally, God does all of this stuff. He sacrifices his own son, like, who dies on the cross, and, and, and he gets r- r- raised from the dead so that he can be the perfect sacrifice for all our sins and stuff like that. And all of that stuff, all of the stuff that he had to go through to, to justify us and everything, which is freely given to us, right? It is not a free, like, it doesn't cost us nothing, right? Because you got to give some stuff up, right? There's, salvation does not come without a cost. I, I want to make that very clear. Right? because sometimes we have to give things up in order to, to walk in alignment with Christ. But God freely gives us to that, and all of it is out of his own good pleasure. Right? It, it gives him pleasure to do all of this stuff. It brings him joy to do that, Right, to see us in a place of, of needing something, to see us in a place of, of death, and to say, hey, it's okay. I already paid that price. Right? That, that's all out of his kindness, and it gives him great pleasure to do that. And I think that's so encouraging to me, um, to, to know that that's, that's what God has in his plan. in uh, this is his plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, and this is where Paul is explaining uh, to the church in Ephesians, we have to understand the context here a little bit um, of the difference between the Jews who were God's chosen people, and then Jesus died on the cross and adopted everyone else into the family, and we become his chosen people uh, because of that. And so Paul's explaining this a little bit. The purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you, and when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. Okay, I'm gonna pause there just a second because we're gonna get to the spot later on in the in the passage, and uh, and, and it's very interesting to me that that God uses for the Gentiles the Jews as an example of His grace, right? The Jews as an example of His favor, an example of His power, an example of of how great He is. Uh, and, and he brings the Gentiles, which would be most of us if you're not Jewish, but he brings the Gentiles into the family along with that. We are adopted along with, just like we are adopted along with Christ uh, to become his own children, right? And we're going to uh, see that later on, so uh, I'll, I'll make sure to bring a point back to this. Um, and when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised, and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. Like I said, Pastor Scott had a great message about the Holy Spirit last week, and and I think it's very important to know that the Holy Spirit is given to us as a guarantee of all the things that he's going to do for us, right? God wants to give us that power, right? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that Jesus did all of those miracles during his ministry here on earth, that same power is given to us as a guarantee to say, you are my children, and you will fall into inheritance the things that I have for you, right? And and it's very important. When when Pastor Scott was talking about um, speaking in tongues and praying in tongues and and edifying your own spirit and all this stuff, uh, it's a huge part of the the more that I'm talking about that God has for you, the power that comes along with your relationship with Jesus, right? It's not just uh, something where Like, I should go to church, you know, make sure I meet my monthly quota so that I'm still a good person, so that I do the right things or whatever, you know. Uh, Salvation is much more about that. In fact, Jesus in his time on earth was not really a big fan of religion, Uh, and we see that a lot. Like, almost every conversation that he has with a Pharisee, um, he's not a fan of, of them just caring about following the rules. In fact, even all the way back before Jesus even came Uh, Here on this earth, we look at the life of Abraham and we see that God was most concerned about Abraham's heart. It was the most important thing that God looked at and his attitude, right? And in the same way, Jesus came and he completely shook the mold because they were used to this whole religion thing They were used to this whole, like, make sure you follow every rule and don't break any one of them. And if you do, we're going to have to go through the sacrifice. We're going to have to do all this. And not only that, we're going to have a stand set up in the temple and make you buy one of our animals to sacrifice so that we can, you know. And Jesus went in there and threw all the tables over and all that kind of stuff. Jesus was not a fan of religion. It's all about a relationship with him. And through that comes so much more than salvation. Through that comes power to see miracles happen right? To see people healed, right? To see whatever it is, to, to get words of knowledge or whatever, like for the unsaved to be able to see marks, right? God is doing all of these kind of things, right? And, and in our relationship with him, when we are united with Christ, that is where that power comes from. And I think sometimes we, uh, and, and I've probably been in this place too, I know I have, like sometimes we, we try so hard to, to jump after the miracle, to jump after the healing. We're, we're seeking the result of a relationship with Jesus without the relationship with Jesus. And sometimes we're like, you know, I don't know why this person didn't get healed. I don't know why, you know, this didn't happen. I prayed for this and I didn't, you know. And, and there are some times when, when we pray for things and, and things don't happen. And I honestly, I don't have an answer for that. But I do know that it's important for us to be seeking the source of power rather than the result of power. Does that make sense? So um, so I encourage all of us as we're reading this to, to be bold in, in everything that we do, to be bold in, in uh, pursuing Christ, uh, to make him the number one thing in your life, the, the thing that's most important above everything else. Um, verse 15, chapter 1, it says, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking you. I pray for you consistently asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom an insight that you might grow in your knowledge of God. God desires for us to grow in spiritual wisdom and our knowledge of him, right? But if we look at that very uh, first part of this passage again, it says, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, your strong faith and your love for God's people everywhere, I've been praying for you to receive the knowledge of God that you might grow in in your knowledge of him uh, and have insight and understanding all those things. There's a direct relationship between that, right? Strong faith and a love for God's people everywhere, right? There's a direct relationship between those two things and and receiving more of God's insight and wisdom and uh, the knowledge of God. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in Him. Again, there's a uniting with Christ, us who believe in Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ um, and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And by the way, the church is all who believe. It's the body of Christ, right? It is not a building. It's not a specific place we are the church. This is not the church. Does that make sense? And, and we are united with Christ in that. And so as Christ comes into authority over all things, he, we, we unite with him in that, right? And it's for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. God wants to fill you with Christ so that we can do the same things that he did, so that we can be more like him, right? So that we can walk as an example of Christ because there's people that, I don't know, if, if you're in a relationship with Christ, you've ever gone through a hard time or something like that, like, like other people who don't know Jesus will look on you and say, I don't know how that person still continued to have hope even though they dealt with that, right? I don't know how that person still continued to, to have joy in their life even though they're going through this hard situation, right? And, and you who are a Christian understand that it's still a hard situation but that your hope is in Jesus Christ and that's where it comes from right? And there's all that, that, that power and stuff there. Um, it says there, and, and the church his body is this uh, body is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. And so by being filled with him, the church becomes the best example of Jesus that somebody who doesn't know him might see, right? You being filled with Christ, you might be the best Jesus that somebody sees in their life without meeting him for themselves. Does that make sense? Right, because once they meet Jesus, they become a part of the body of Christ. They're filled with that same power and they go out and do the same things right, that Jesus did. Right, but when we are united with Christ and we have that power in us, we are the best vision of Christ that they are going to get. As long as we are united with him. And that's, that's the way God intended it to be. To fulfill his plan. And this here in chapter 2, um, this is the part that really, I don't know, I just love this passage so much, uh, verses 1 through 10. Uh, it just speaks to me, and, and here's the thing, like it, it talks a lot about salvation, uh, like first giving your life to Christ and everything like that, and the, and the things that come with salvation, uh, but whether whether you're not saved in this room right now, and you want to be saved, uh, and, and that's very simple, all, all it takes is you believing, right, and just saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life, right, or you've been saved for a very long time. I think anytime that I think about the salvation of Christ, anytime I think about the salvation that God has given us, like, man, it just brings me into a place of like, God, why? Why did you pick me? Like, why did you care about me so much? Right? It brings me into a place of just humility and 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 bowing before God and and just just loving Him so much. And and uh, and so even though, like, I don't know, I think I gave my heart to the Lord when I was five, and there's probably some times in between where maybe I was going in the wrong direction. Uh, but <laughs> God's grace is good, and anytime I read about something like this, it always just uh, brings me back to that place of, God, you're so good, and thank you so much uh, for doing something that I didn't deserve. But it says this, t- verse 2, chapter 1, Once you were dead because of your sin, uh, your disobedience, and your many sins— You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. The devil is the spirit in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else right? And, and that's really the starting place for everybody. No matter what is going on, no matter what you're doing, no matter what, what sin you have in your life, just by our nature, we, we have sin in our life, and, and we are separate from the presence of God. We, we're not good enough to be in His holy presence, right? And, and I want to say, like, no matter what, like, no matter what you've done, Uh, you're in that place, right? Whether it's the smallest thing you could think of or like a major thing. Like it doesn't matter if you, you know, like, hey, one time I lied to my mom about something or like, hey, I killed a guy once. Like, you know, like on the same level, like no matter what, nobody is worthy of being in the presence of God, right? And I don't want to confuse that with things that you do are all equal so it doesn't matter, right? Because there are certain things, certain sins that, that I really do think have a much bigger impact in your life uh, and could be a lot more destructive on your life, uh, specifically, you know, uh, sinfulness that, that is related to sexual immorality uh, and lust and stuff like that. I really do think that is much, uh, that, that has some very harmful things on your life spiritually uh, and not just your life, especially if you're bringing it into a family. Uh, there's a lot of destruction that could come from that. No sin is good sin, uh, but, but I, I do want to, I, I didn't want to just say that and just say all sin is equal, like all sin has the same result. Of death, right? So, um, but no matter what it is, this is, the, uh, this is the important part right here. So he explains that, that our rightful uh, end is death, right? And it says this in verse 4 but, and there's a big but there, but a one T but. Um, sorry, I don't know why I say so sometimes. <laughs> God is so rich, but God is so rich in mercy. And he loves us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Only by God's grace that you've been saved. Not something that you did, not all the good acts that you do, not all like a a list of tasks or anything. Only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. There it is again, united with Christ. And I think this is very interesting. I was reading this earlier, and and sometimes I read stuff in the Bible, and I'm like, man, I didn't think about it like that. But he said, he raised us from the dead along with Christ, right? In that raising Christ from the dead, he also raised us from the dead. That same death that he was talking about in that paragraph before, he raised us from the dead spiritually so that we...